0: At all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of Shock Your Potential. My guest today is going to resonate with a lot of you because you're going to find a lot of yourself in her. And I think that's going to help us to really not only uh, align with her message, but uh, understand uh, where she comes from. So Rita is a wife, a mother, a business owner, an author a professor of business transformation and innovation and a thought leader to fortune 500 executives. And I know that a lot of my listeners, you know, those are things that they um, many things that they are doing and some that they aspire to do. Her name is Rita Burgette. Oh, see, I see Rita. I wanted to call you Burgette. Bur- that's Burgette.
1: Let me do good. it again.
0: This is Rita Burgette Martel. And see, now you're <laughs> Italian. You had no idea. Rita Bur- <laughs> Forget Martel. And my my view, my listeners are like, oh, she just can't even say anybody's names right. It's lucky okay, I say my own name right. And Rita is the author of two different books. One is called Change Ready and Defining Moments. And uh what we're gonna talk about here is, you know, based on all of your experience, how you went to, I love this quote, from 18-year-old uneducated housewife in Nashville, Tennessee. Tennessee, to an international change strategist and thought leader, (laughs) I can't talk today, (laughs) to C-level and senior executives. And Mm -hmm. it's a great reminder, Rita, I think that all of us have things within us that maybe our degrees or our education might not suggest, but it's Mm -hmm. all about what we do and how we uh, shock our own potential. So first of all, Rita, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for the invitation, this is
1: a great opportunity to meet you and uh, hopefully people in your audience will benefit from my experience and expertise.
0: I know they will. They always do. And and my audience is really engaged, which is so fun. And I'm always getting notes from people like, oh, my gosh, that person made me think of this. And it's mm-hmm. such it's just such a, you know, it's an honor to be able to deliver different messages. And so I bungled up a lot of your introduction. So I'm just going to leave it to you. So tell us a little bit about you, your business and how you help people to shock their potential. OK, yes,
1: um, my expertise is change management. And I started doing change management consulting really before it was a profession. I started working with individuals who had a good life, but had the potential to make it even better. And so helping them look at what they could do. And from working with individuals, I moved into working with corporations. So the change management consulting that I do, it's really on two levels. On the business level, I've worked with Fortune 500 companies, and the driver of change for the larger companies can be implementing new technology that changes the way people do their work and changes the way a company operates. So working with the leadership to create a strategy and a plan where people will be prepared for the change, resistance will be lower. It could also be post-merger integration where companies are trying to blend two cultures into one, similar to, you know, second marriages (laughs) when you have two families. (laughs) So I've done a lot of work in that area. Organizational restructuring companies that want to expand or combine two departments into one, or I've done a lot of IT reorgs. Um, So it can be different drivers of change but the work that I do is to create a strategy and a structure and a process where people can move through that change and companies can realize the benefits. So that's been really exciting and I've learned so much because I've worked across industries around the world. So that's exciting. My true passion is working with individuals. I mean, the companies are, you know, gives you a lot of credibility and money and that's good. Um, But really, my passion is helping an individual who thinks that he or she has nothing else they could possibly do in their life. They may have lost their job, and they worked for a company for a long time, and they can't identify choices. They can't see any opportunities. It's like, you know, my life has ended. I don't have the future I thought I was going to have. And so I help them create a new future. And also in relationships. So any big change that you didn't plan, unexpected Mm -hmm. change comes along. You feel like the rug is pulled out from under you and the future that you imagined would be your future has been taken away from you. So there's a lot of loss that often we feel but really can't verbalize. And so I really um, am passionate about helping people see that they do have a future, that they have skills that are transferable and they do have potential. And that's really exciting when they have that aha moment, that defining moment where they see that, yeah, my life isn't over. uh, (laughs) Opportunities are there for me.
0: And it's hard. It's hard for people. And it's especially hard now. In fact, uh, just earlier um, this morning, you know, obviously, I taped these podcast episodes weeks in advance of when we air. But earlier today on Friday, I do a live broadcast. And it's always with a question that someone's posed to me through the week. And this week, one of my questions was, okay, I was laid off at the beginning of COVID. I don't see a chance for my job the way it was coming back. I was a district sales manager and a retail with major retailer. and." Now, things have run out, and I need to get a job, and the only thing that right now I see as potential is something I don't want to do, and that's maybe be a cashier at Target. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were talking through about, you know, what is the opportunity with that? You know, you may not want that. You may not end there, but Mm -hmm. how can you take a look at that and see what opportunity there is and how, you know, you can how you can use it to even kind of take a step back and reflect and have fun with it. And, you know, and it was, it's, um, it's amazing. I agree with you so much that when we're working with individuals and you see them have that moment where they go, okay, maybe this is not what I wanted. I didn't want to lose the job. I didn't want to lose the relationship. I didn't want to whatever, but I'm here. What am I going to do with it? And there's a lot of, when they take control and they take that power back, you see Mm -hmm. something light up in their eyes again. Yeah, you do because they
1: have a future. It's not all over. It's not like, you know, I'm a loser because we tend to personalize things that happen to us that we don't choose and we have no control over. It happened, but we tend to personalize that. And when I was doing outplacement counseling and working with people who had lost their job, it seemed to me that women did that more than men. So a woman, would, she's lost her job through no fault of her own. Her company went out of business or was acquired by another company or restructuring or whatever reason, it just happened. But she felt like it was all her fault Mm -hmm. and blamed herself. Um, and my male clients blamed the stupid boss or the dumb company. <laughs> <laughs> the men seemed to think, oh, no, it's not me. <laughs> it's not that my fault. So There's nothing wrong with me. It's them. <laughs>
0: That is true. Well, you know, as I was listening to you, there was a couple of things that I I meant to highlight this, you know, in the beginning, too. I mean, there's always, I hate to always read like somebody's full bio because I like to let them tell the story more. But, you know, you talk about the fact that you work obviously with Fortune 500 clients, but that you have been a career coach to more than 11,000 individuals. And then you were talking about sometimes when you're helping a company like restructure, for instance, that Mm -hmm. the preparation for the change, is so important to reducing the resistance to change. Yes. And I think you know I I I do the same. I don't really people always like, "Are you a career coach?" I'm like, "No," but people just end up asking me questions, so I end up kind of counseling them. I don't ever charge for it, which is really stupid. Um but you know, I, but I mostly work with businesses and and my whole goal is to remember that we're humans dealing with humans in a business environment that that runs with humans or humans. So, you know, the very fact that you've had all those experiences with 11,000 plus individuals, I think gives you, you know, a greater understanding of that when you go to an organization, you're not just dealing with a, you know, a, a, um, you know, a takeover or, or, you know, bringing two companies together that you're trying to figure out how to help help the humans get through the transition.
1: Exactly. And I do end up helping people with their career, even though I'm not there to do that. I'm there to create the strategy and implement the change plan so people will be ready for what's going to be different. But I do end up, you know, because I can can tell that somebody's job is going to be over or they're not gonna be able to uh, survive in the new world. And so I wanna guide them in a new direction. So yes, I've ended up doing that many times when it's like, it, you can't help it. And I feel for you, that's just something you do. That's just mm-hmm. who you are. And mm-hmm. you find a channel to do that, whether you're getting paid for it or not. <laughs> it's Just on, that, on an airplane, on a flight, the person next to you will end up telling you their life story telling you things within a two-hour flight that they would oh, yeah. never admit to anybody else.
0: <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> have the energy that welcomes that. But for me, it was interesting. And everything I, I have done has really been based on my own life. So I mentioned that I went into change management consulting before it was a profession. So I was just kind of making it up as I went along. But in my own life, I made such enormous changes. And had to deal with a lot of resistance because I was just going places that my family never imagined anyone in our family would go. I mean, I was the first one to graduate from high school. And then to go to college was just something that other people did. And you know, we didn't. That wasn't what we did. And I married at 18 and had a scholarship that would have paid for college, but Back in those days, and especially in the South, you made a choice. You couldn't do both. You were a wife and mother, or you had a career and you weren't a wife and mother. So I made the choice to, I was in love and, you know, great guy. So I made the choice to get married, have my first daughter at 20, second daughter at 25, and I started college at 29. And back then, it was a radical thing to do. I was an older student, and there really weren't any around in those days. (laughs) And so um, when I made one change, it led to other changes. And that's what I want my individual clients to see, that there is a first step that you take. And that first step can be really, really scary, but it opens the door to the next step and the next step and the next step. And you don't, mm-hmm. you don't need to have that detailed plan on this is exactly how I'm going to do it. You just move forward with that first step. And so mm-hmm. that was what I did. And then after I graduated, I was so motivated to help every woman in Nashville change her life. <laughs> <laughs> because I had met so much resistance from this. You shouldn't be doing this. You know, how you've got a good life. Why can't you be happy with what you have? And so I can be, I am grateful for what I have. That doesn't yeah. stop me from having more. And so we reach this stopping point where we put in this stop of, okay, I've already achieved this. I I really shouldn't want more or shouldn't aspire to more. But you have that little desire within you that just, you know, that little voice that says, yes, yes, I need to do more. I need to experience more. Um, this is great, but it's not enough for me. I have the potential for more. So for me, going through my own life and making the huge, huge (laughs) changes I've made, that's what I've used to work with individual clients. And then when I started working with corporations, I thought, well, my God, I don't know what I'm doing, but no one knows. This (laughs) is a new field, so they can't tell me I'm doing it wrong. And I thought, okay. Okay. This company is made up of individuals, and I know what individuals need to feel comfortable with the change process. So I just will make that bigger. (laughs) I'll Mm -hmm. just scale it. (laughs) So what applies for individuals can work for hundreds and thousands of employees worldwide. And so, basically, that I was what I did. And as I learned more, then it became like, okay, here's the methodology. <laughs> you know, this is the methodology I can document. I can I integrate what we need to do in the different phases of a project plan. You know, I can yeah. integrate change management with project management. And, oh, my God, it actually works.
0: <laughs> so I'm trying to... I'm trying to remember who, cause I just read this quote like in the last two days and I know it's going to bother me that I don't know who quoted it. Um, and you hopefully you'll know, but someone said, if you get offered an opportunity to do something and you think you can't do it cause it's bigger than who you are right now, do it anyway, and then figure it out how to do it. And it might've been Steve Jobs. I don't know. I mean, it was uh-huh. somebody like that, you know? And yeah. I was like, Oh, my God, because I'm I'm actually facing um, that with one portion of my business right now um, as we begin to do um, some different contracts with the government. And, you know, part of me is like, oh, my God, this is this is so much bigger than what I'm doing. Do I you know, can I do this? And then I stopped and said, don't say, can you do it? Because, you know, you can. The question you should ask yourself is, do you want to do it? (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: I really want to invest my time and energy and doing this. And yeah the opportunities come along and for me I always I just said yes if someone asked me if I could do something I would yes. I would just say yes and I and I figured it out so I mean the first thing that came along was okay do you do leadership development training yes <laughs> And so then I put together a workshop and and I saw that there were different modules in that workshop for leadership. So then I had a training program I could do on communication because that's part of being a leader. Then I had a training program I could do on decision-making because that's part of being a leader. And so, yeah, you just say yes and you figure it out and you learn as you go along. And some things work and some things don't. And for me, you know, my biggest lesson was when something didn't work. And I had to look at that and say, okay, <laughs> it was a failure, I, it, uh, I was not successful with that. But you know what? I learned and I'm still breathing, failure's not fatal. I don't have to be perfect, nobody is. And we learn and yes. we do things in a different way the next time. And so, and
0: I think- yeah. I think that's, you know, that's really key. And, you know, I think what's really fun for me about all the guests that I have on here is everybody, there seems to be a lot of common themes, which is, you know, which I enjoy because, you know, it's like talking, you know, to your best friend. You're like, I I believe that too. I love that too. And I think that we see similar challenges within our clients. Uh, in your case, whether it's a Fortune 500 company or it's an individual client But I think that there's each of us, though, deal with different kind of themes or common challenges with our client base that really tell a story about where where our sweet spots are, you know, what really makes us shine and and make a difference for the people helping them to, you know, shock their potential. So if you look at the people that you work with, you know, what are a couple common challenges that they face that you're really, you know, great at helping them to overcome?
1: Yeah, I call it the three Cs, and with companies and with individuals. So the first one is clarity. So helping an individual be clear about what's going on. You know, what's what's the problem? What do I want to end? What do I want to begin? So clarity, and people will usually say, I don't know what I want. If I just knew what I wanted, I would do it. But I just, I don't know. I'm confused, which, you know, can be another C. And I, we start talking, and within about 10 minutes, they told me exactly what they want. And it's mm-hmm. always packaged in, well, I would love to, and then they'll say it. Or mm-hmm. if I could do anything, I would do. Or mm-hmm. if I were younger, I would do. And I'll often ask the question, if you were starting over, Uh, What kind of career, what would you want to major in college? What would you be if you were 22 instead of the Mm -hmm. age you are? But yeah, clarity. So really getting clear about, and you can be a little fuzzy in the beginning. You don't have to know everything. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we start with what you want to eliminate. So what Uh, do you don't want to experience anymore? And you know, one of the questions I ask is think about how you want to experience life. At this phase of your life? Maybe not exactly what you want, but what kind of experience do you want to have? Do you want to be challenged? Do you want to be creative? Do you want to be calm and relaxed? Mm -hmm. You know what, how do you want to experience life? Because in different phases of our life, we want to have different experiences. And, you know, as we're living longer, and we get to be 65 and life isn't over. We have a new phase of life that can begin, but we have to, we have to create what that is because people haven't lived quite as long as we're living. So uh, clarity, clarity about with the company, what's the problem you're trying to solve with this mm-hmm. change? What's the opportunity you're wanting to expand on with this change? Why, you know, why mm-hmm. are, you, are you doing this? So once we have clarity, then the next C is really looking at what change do I have to make to accomplish this? I know what my dream is. I know I know how I want to experience life. But my gosh, I have to just get rid of everything and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes um, they do. I want, yes, you do. You need new people in your life who can help you move to the next stage. But change is very disruptive. And so often my clients want things to be different, but they don't want anything to change. <laughs> you know? I don't, don't want to go through the disruption. Like that doesn't work. <laughs> no, no, because if we want something different, then we have to let go of a lot of the stuff we have. And sometimes relationships or renegotiating the relationships, you know, in a marriage, you get to different points, different milestones where you have to kind of renegotiate what's this relationship all about? You know, what are we, we're at a a milestone point, our children are leaving for college and are we're empty nesters or, you know, what's, it's a milestone moment. Mm -hmm. And so what are we gonna do? How are we, uh, do we wanna to be together for you know the rest of our life? Do we have a shared vision about what our life is gonna look like? And the shared vision is important with companies too. I mean, why yes. are we making these changes? What, what are we working toward accomplishing? So mm-hmm. understanding that wanting something different uh, requires you to make changes in all kinds of areas. And if you aren't willing how much disruption are you willing to take on? Mm-hmm. So you can have a vision. You can have a dream. Uh, if you aren't willing, I had to let go of a lot of stuff in my in my life in order to, uh, to be where I am. And a lot of it was very painful. You know, that letting go is not easy. Something will come along. New people will come into your life and new doors will open. But you can't have something new as long as you're hanging on to something old. And ah, sometimes so true. You have to let go before the new is there. And that's part of the transition process. And it's it's really scary. So being honest about the, the amount of change you're willing to make. And you can break that down. I mean, you can, you can disrupt everything and just go do it, you know, make the leap. <laughs> or you can do it in little steps. You can have like an in-between step that will lead to something else. So you have to decide as an individual. How much change you're willing to make, because you're mm-hmm. not going to do anything as long as you're frozen in place because you're hanging on to something that you've outgrown or something yes. that no longer serves you. So that's uh, the change is a second C, which is big. And then the third C is uh, having the confidence, having the courage to actually move forward when you don't know. there's I mean you're making a leap. You're going to a level of of competency that, you know, you don't know that you have, but someone's given you an opportunity, so you're moving forward while you're still shaking in your boots, and that's Mm -hmm. what courage is, (laughs) and courage comes before confidence, so Mm -hmm. if you're waiting to have the confidence, confidence may not come until you've actually done something, and then you look at, Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. I did that. I really, yeah. I did that. that amazing. And sometimes you're just in the process of doing so much, you don't stop and take a look at what you've actually accomplished. I mean, because oh, so you've true. just been moving forward. So the courage, I think, comes before the confidence, because if you have the confidence, you probably would have already done it. And mm-hmm. so again, what are what are we willing to do? And once you've gone through those three C's, then I think you can, you can make an informed choice. You know, you Mm -hmm. thought through it, you realize the amount of change, which I consider that as an an investment. You know, I make an investment in my future and that can be a lot of disruption, it can be a little disruption. I mean, it's definitely taking a risk and uh, it's scary, it's scary But uh, you you
0: said You said something that was, that really struck me. You said you can't have something new without letting go of something old. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really poignant because even if it's just an old mindset or it's an old story you've told yourself, or it's an old comfort in, you know, Mm -hmm. we've done it this way, or, you know, there's, there's so many points that in order to move forward, to continue to move forward. And as you said it, I thought, you know, all my life I've dealt with change. I, I took two companies through massive reorg where we were, you know, people had bought and sold and we're bringing them all to one and bringing five to 600 people under one roof that were 30 different companies. And oh my, they hated me. We had all kinds <laughs> of things. I, I was the bad person. Oh, yes, and, I yes, remember, <laughs> yeah. and I remember thinking, okay, you all sold your business for a reason. To become mm-hmm. a part of something different, you want to change mm-hmm. now, but you you hadn't really envisioned what that meant, right. and so and I can't take more time to get you there because we're in the uh-huh. middle of it. Uh-huh. But as I started to recognize with a couple of them, there were a couple people that I knew could make it to the other side. I knew they could. Mm -hmm. but they were dug in like ticks and they are like i've put my flag in this land and i am not moving Uh Uh and i remember one of them who is now a very good friend and i know he listens to these so he's gonna laugh when he hears this um and i we were nose to nose on an issue and i remember that the night before like i had called my husband and i'm like i am gonna strangle this guy i know (laughs) he can do it i know i just want to wring his neck Uh And the next morning we met up and he's like, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it this way. And I'm like, and I got really quiet and I said, no, we're not. (laughs) I'm not talking about it anymore. We're doing it this way. This is why this is the, the reason behind this is all the data behind it. We're going to do it this way. My question is, are you on board or not? Because I want you on board, but if not, get off now. (laughs) Yes, yes. You said this is what you wanted.
1: Here it is. So do you really
0: want it? Yes. Exactly. And he had this moment where he got real wide-eyed and then he looked at me and he kind of cocked his head to the side, took a deep breath and he goes, all right, Uh what do you need me to do? And like from that on, he was like my biggest advocate. He is, I respect him so much. I absolutely adore him. And I love telling this story because it was that moment where I'm like, dude, you've come to the edge of the diving board.
1: Jump. I've had clients who were there and they, they get to the point where, okay, we've been talking about it. And so now it's time to take action. You know, it's that action step. And, and they said, well, no, we need to take a step back. We need to do more research. We need to do more analysis. And I had a client, a public utility, kept taking steps back. And I said, you keep going back, you're going to fall off another cliff. <laughs> you know? There's another one if you walk backwards. <laughs> you know, because you get to that point and it's like, okay, okay, can I really do this? Do I really want this? Maybe I don't. And so what I learned with companies and with individuals, there's a level of readiness and people only do what they're ready to do. And I can see that they're ready to do more, but, and I can give them a little nudge, but, and, and that's when they get angry with you because you're pushing them. They're not ready. They're hanging on, they're hanging on. And you say, okay, just let go of one hand, okay? You can hang on with the other hand, it's okay. You're still hanging on with the one hand and the other hand you're opening the door. You can do this, you can do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just kind of move them along and at one point they'll be ready or they won't. They'll say, well, okay, it was fun thinking about it and I'm just gonna go back and sit in my chair and read a book or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So and one thing I've learned I've, I've lived a long time now <laughs> I've made huge changes and I've gone through different phases of life and I've experienced things that my clients are going through so I think there I don't think there's anything I haven't experienced when it comes to change but what I've learned is that one goal a goal in a certain phase of life becomes an obstacle to the next phase ah. so there's a the phase of life when you're getting married, you're in a relationship, you're, you're creating life together, you're having your family, you're doing that, and you have a home. And then the kids leave, and you move into another phase of life, and you're wanting more freedom, you're wanting mm-hmm. to travel, but you have this big house, <laughs> you have, you know, this way of doing things. And until yeah. you let go of that, you can't move into that next phase of life. So the goal what you really worked hard to achieve and maybe you've had for 20 years, it can become an obstacle to moving into the next phase.
0: Yeah. Cause you're like, what if I give it up? What does that say about what my goal was before? Instead of saying, Hey, look, I accomplished it and it served yeah. its time and purpose. Exactly.
1: It served its purpose. And yes, mm-hmm. it was an accomplishment and look at it and be proud of it and happy that you had that. And now let's move into the next phase. And, yeah. you know, I'm at that point now because I have this house in Nashville on the lake that I worked really hard to have the money to buy. I've been here 11 years. I've had this apartment in San Francisco that I don't want to let go of. But, you know, there came a point where, okay, going back and forth is getting to be too much, I have to let go of one thing. And mm-hmm. so I let go of San Francisco and now I have this house and I'm, I don't want to be settled. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, this is what I wanted uh, well, 12 years ago, and I have it, but I think it's time to let it go, because I really want to experience the life of living on the East Coast for a while and living in San Francisco for a while, maybe living yeah. in Europe, but experiencing life in different places. And I, it's hard to do that when you have the responsibility of a home. So... Yes. The goal of one phase of your life can become an obstacle to creating That's, the next phase.
0: And I think there's so many, I know, gosh, I want to get to the next question, but at the same time as you're talking, I'm thinking about so many, I, I agree, because we're we're about ready to go through a change too with my husband and I, and I have been thinking about, and it's funny, you just brought up that beautiful cup to to sip out of, because mm-hmm. um, before I moved to Philadelphia, I lived in Spokane, Washington, at a big house with a big yard and a big SUV, and now I live in a row house in Philadelphia that's 15 feet wide, Uh no no lawn, we don't own a car, you know, so it's vastly different. But I moved, as I moved all my stuff across country, I brought my grandmother's china. Mm -hmm. Now, before I moved here, I hosted at least one holiday meal for my family a year, most Uh of the time both. So, you know, I was used to having 20, 30 people for them. So my grandma's china, you know, existed and lived twice a year, at least. (laughs) I brought my China here. I have a son uh, who's never going to want his great grandmother's China. Um, I have a stepdaughter who's not going to want my great grandmother's or my grandmother's China. You know, um, there's, it's just this whole unique thing. And it's this China and my husband's like, we need to get rid of the China. Well, nobody has China anymore. You know, no nobody getting married today, you know, gets China on their registry. So I'm yes. like, how do you let go of your grandmother's China? But when we make this next move to Florida, which is our next thing, it's like... <laughs> It doesn't make sense to bring grandma's china to Florida, but, and it's just kind of a metaphor for other things. I think you're, you're absolutely right. Whether it's changing the business status or changing your career or changing your mindset of what, what you're capable of at, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, there's something in there that's holding you back. It's your china somewhere. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's symbolic. So the China, is the family, it's the connection, you know, to your grandmother, it's getting together for Thanksgiving, it's that, you know, that, that fuzzy, warm feeling that we all want with the family and the stuff, and yeah, I have, you wouldn't believe how many wine glasses and sets of dishes I have, because <laughs> I live in two places for the last 28 years, you know, San Francisco, and Nashville, and it's like, really? And I love all the stuff, but my gosh, you know, know, the stuff can be kind of a heavy, heavy weight. So it's a process. And I think understanding the transition process and you, you know, talk at the beginning of our conversation about someone who lost her job and thinking, you know, I have to go to work uh, as a cashier because, I mean, what am I going to do? It's a scary time. And, you know, the transition, there is that ending. That ending, either we choose it or somebody makes the choice for us. And what we wanted to hang on to, somebody's taken away. And mm-hmm. so we do move into that middle phase where it's very confusing. And I don't know what I want. I don't know what I can do. I don't, I'll never have anything. And we tend to go back to the past and say, if only, you know, if only I had chosen a mm-hmm. different profession or went to work for a different company or, you know, whatever. So we regret the choices we made or we personalize what happened when maybe, you know, we were out of control. And so it's important to stop the if onlys and move into, yes, this is the reality. This is the now. I have to deal with the now. And so if that means getting a job as a cashier to have money coming in, you know, that's what I have to do to have money coming in. Now is not forever. You know, right. That's not going to last forever, and right. I will be looking for other opportunities. So I'm not a failure. This is I have right. to do this. I have to do this right now. But this is not now is not forever. So if I'm going through a bad time, it's not going to yeah. last. It's not. Yeah. So it's Rita, crazy. when you
0: uh, look back on your own career, what's the most important professional lesson that you've learned that shocked your potential? Uh, maybe even a way you didn't expect. Hmm. And
1: dealing with businesses and corporations, I learned uh, what I mentioned earlier about there's the readiness level and I can go into a company and I can see exactly what they need to do. But if they're not ready to do that, they'll talk about it, but they don't want to do anything. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the level of readiness is extremely important to be non-judgmental, I don't need to judge them. It's just where they are. And Mm -hmm. or judge myself, because in the beginning, I thought if clients didn't take my advice, I had failed. There was something I had done wrong. And so I had to look and see they they'll do what they're ready to do. And that may be next year instead of now. It may be in three months instead of now. But it's okay It's where they are now. And I learned the value of silence. Because we tend to talk too much. Consultants mm-hmm. talk too much. <laughs> and sometimes we just need to shut up and really listen. And the silence, we can only tolerate about six seconds of silence. And then somebody jumps in and says something. And it's usually mm-hmm. the consultant. So I learned <laughs> learned the value of, of
0: silence. <laughs> I love it. Um, oh. I. I love, as you were talking about, uh, sometimes people aren't ready and not taking that as a failure on your part. I had a um, a consultancy company several years ago, and I had a client who I love, and he was actually the reason I started the whole company. And mm-hmm. um, he's a physician, and he brought me in to do all these things. But I would come in and tell him, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this. I'd get everybody on board, and I'd fly back home across the country. And then his staff would come in and say, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not comfortable with that. And so he go, okay, well, think about it and we'll get back. You know, and I'd come back six weeks later. I'm like, what's happened? Nothing's mm-hmm. happened. What is going on? And I let this go on for about a year. And finally, one day I said to him, and I love this man dearly. And I said, I'm firing you as a client. He goes, what? <laughs> I said, right. look, I said, you know, <laughs> we talk once a week. I set plans. I fly across the country every you know, two months. And then you don't do anything. I said, what I have become is your most expensive psychiatrist. (laughs) And Uh I would love to take your money every month, but I don't feel good about it. And number two, this is my reputation on the line. If you don't do what I say and see, you know, effect from it, how can Mm -hmm. I use you as a reference or feel good about myself? And he talked me into like, give me two more months. And I'm like, okay, but you better do something. Of course, two months he didn't. Finally, I go, look. Because I know you're firing me. And I'm like, yes, yes. Uh-huh. And I said, it's not because you're wrong or bad. It's you're not ready. Yeah. And that's ready. okay. You had ideas, you wanted to do them. You wanted to make your business better, but you're not ready to hold your team accountable. And that's okay for you. If you're happy with where you are, then stay with it. But me, yeah. I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've been there too where I tell the client I feel bad about taking your money because we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. Often in corporations, though, they have these huge projects that someone, it was somebody else's vision, and that's, that executive has left. And so the CEO had this vision, they have spent millions of dollars on this technology, and then the people implementing it have no idea why. It oh, yeah. wasn't their vision. They, don't, they have a, don't have an answer to the question why. And so it's, you know, like I said, with the three C's, it's clarity. You know, getting, we have to go back to clarity about what are we doing? Uh, is this a shared vision? You know, who made the decision? Why? What was the why? What benefit did we thought we'd realize? What what does success look like? Sometimes they haven't even answered that question. What does success look like for us, yeah. you know, at the end of this project? So the, the clarity is really important. And, you know, with individuals and with companies too, there's always this fear. I mean, there, there's this, everybody is afraid of something, you know, everybody right. is afraid. And if you're not, then you're not growing. You've gotten stuck where you are. Yep. You don't feel a little bit of uncomfortableness or, you know, have that fear. And, you know, if you can identify what is it I'm so afraid of, you know, what, mm-hmm. what's the worst thing that can happen? So I feel the fear, but I move forward anyway. Because, yeah. if I don't, that fear is just gonna get stronger, and absolutely you look back over your life and you look at other things you've done. you know, how did you get to where you are now? You didn't just yeah. wake up one day and have all this, so you've mm-hmm. taken risk in the past, you know you made changes in the past, you survived, you learned from them, you know you can build on that experience, build on those skills and uh, we have to continue to be open. The world is changing so quickly. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we're not going to go back to the way life used to be. This year, Emma, been, it's going to be different. No, this year's been a huge year of forced change. You know, we're dealing, mm-hmm. companies and individuals are dealing with the change we didn't choose and right. didn't want to have it happen, but it's
0: the reality. So here I'll we be, are. Ready to go. And it's right. I could talk all day to you. We had, we could chat all day. I know. So I know we'll have all of your um, contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you?
1: Well, you can find me on Amazon. So look at my books. Defining Moments is about individual change. And then Change Ready is about business change. So I have an author site on Amazon. So. Just put in my name, Rita Burgett-Martell, or the name of my book. And then uh, my website is Rita Burgett-Martell at WordPress.com. And all the other social media is there as well. Um, Email is CoachRita365 at gmail. So, yeah, just Google my name and lots of things will pop up. But on the Amazon side, you can, I have written several articles that you can download for free about all the stuff that we talked about. So, yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, wonderful. Before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I would say uh,
1: leap and the net will appear.
0: Mm, that is profound. Leap and the net will appear. I love it. Rita, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure having you today. Thank you. It's been
1: fun. And we we could go
0: on. We could go on and on. <laughs> I know I have that time. Yeah. I have that trouble with a lot of my guests. That's because I always pick awesome people. Well, it has been a pleasure. and I'm glad that we are staying connected. Yes, me too. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for the opportunity.
1: I really appreciate it. It's been fun.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.